You're listening to the Centre Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message recorded live from our Burgess Hill campus. We've started a a pilgrimage as a church uh, this month through uh, Genesis. We're we're looking at a family line of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. Great family, lots of problems, all sorts of issues. But God moved through their lives. And uh, God did something really special through them. But it didn't just happen by chance or by accident. It it was something that God did as there was a promise, there was a response, there was a promise, there was a response. There was this journey that they made with God from generation to generation that saw them see God do the unbelievable through them. And uh, the first week we looked at uh, the step that Abraham took in obedience and obedience is such a key when we're looking at God doing His work through our lives because we, we like to think about God joining us on our journey, but actually we're joining God on what He has for us. And so the very first thing that God told Abraham, leave your family, your people, your land, and go to a place that I will show you. And so there was this, this calling to leave, right? We can't be with where God wants us to be and stay where we are at the same time. There's a leaving of something in fulfilling God's plan and purposes and, and fulfilling His promises for our lives. There's a leaving. But there's also an accepting. It's taking hold of, of what God has for us and moving right through that process of carrying on, not settling somewhere along the line, uh, but actually fulfilling and moving into that space God has for us. We see that Abram's father, he, he was also on the, on the journey to Canaan, but actually somewhere along the line, he decided to settle. For whatever reason, he settled. And he made camp and he, he lived some space that wasn't where the destination was. And again, there's this temptation for us. Although God has said, look, the promise and the plan is over here. We start moving towards that direction somewhere in our life. We say, yes, I want more of God. I'm going to go for it with all my heart. And then somewhere along the line, we settle because of life, because of illness, because of family, because of circumstances. Suddenly we just stop and we don't pursue, but we just, we, we, we take up camp in a place that was not the destination. Last week we looked at uh, this reality of, of God saying, look, I'm going to make your, 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 your descendants so abundant as the sand on the seashore. And, and there was a problem that Abraham had, and that was that he had a, a wife that was barren. Big problem when God says, look, I'm going to give you lots of descendants, but hold on, I don't have one son. I don't have a kid. I don't have anyone except for a servant. And, and so, he, he, first of all, we see that he did accept, he chose to accept the promise. The Bible says he believed God. He believed. That's the first step. We can't take hold of the promise if we don't believe it to start with. And so he took hold of it. He said, I believed it. God said, look, I'm going to credit to you as righteousness because you believed, even though you're in a circumstance that says the very opposite. Sometimes we need to take hold of what God says. So look, I'm just going to choose to believe. It's a choice. To put my faith into what God says and not let my reality dictate my theology. If God has said it, I'm going to hold on to it. But then time goes on as we read last week and and time is moving on and and still no kids, still no babies. Um, And so they decide to help God out. And uh, we we looked at last week this, this thing that we often do is tinkering with the promise. We want to make it happen and so... They decide to have this real creative idea of, of Abram sleeping with the, the servant and uh, having a, a child through her. 
And uh, Ishmael was born and God bless Ishmael. However, it's been a thorn in Israel's side ever since. So we see the whole Arab community come through that side of the family. But then they keep waiting and, and we see that in the fullness of the story. God says, look, I have an appointed time. And there's a, the angels come before the Lord. The angel of the Lord comes, as, as we read. And uh, at the appointed time, Isaac is born. The fulfillment of the promise happens. And uh, what a happy day that must have been. When they were holding, and Abraham, he's, he's getting up there in age now. Sarah's pretty old as well. New parents. How exciting would that be in your hundredth year to hold your... <laughs> 90 years old, being a first-time mom. Yeah, fantastic. I'm sure it was exciting days. Um, I'm in my 40s, and I think, actually, I don't know at this stage of my life if I would welcome, well, of course I would welcome, but uh, it's uh, thinking that much further, twice my age, and they're having kids. Happy days. Abraham was now living the dream. It was right there, the dream, every day waking up, seeing this child living in the promised land. He was living the dream in so many ways. He was living the fulfillment of the promise. It was right in front of him. Something he had waited for and contended for for so much of his life. I don't know if you've ever been in that space where finally you hit that point of fulfillment. You, you, you've longed for it so long and God finally answers the prayer. What could go wrong now? What could go wrong? Well, Let's read a passage of Scripture. Genesis 22, verses 1 to 19. Sometime later, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, here am I, he replied. Then God said, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region Moriah. Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on the mountain that I will show you. Stop the tape. What? This is the fulfillment. This is the promise. How could this be? Now I realize we, we, we can have a challenge with this passage in all sorts of different ways, but we're going to look at it simply from the side of the promise. God has spoken. So let's keep reading. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and loaded his donkey and he took uh, with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he sent out for the place God had uh, told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. He said to his servants, stay here with the donkeys uh, while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. Abraham took the wood and the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac. And he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them went together, Isaac spoke up and said to his father, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied, the fire and the wood are here. Isaac said, but where's the lamb for the burnt offering? Oh, clever kid. <laughs> Little did he know. Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. When they reached the place uh, God had told them about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, he replied. Uh, sorry, here I, here I am, he replied. Uh, do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. 
Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Abraham looked up and there in the thicket he saw a ram caught by his horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place the Lord will provide or Jehovah Jireh. And to this day, it is said on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. The angel of the Lord called to Abraham from heaven a second time and said, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you have done this and not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you. And make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies and through your offspring, all nations on the earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. Then Abraham returned to his servants and they set off together for Bathsheba. Um, and Abraham stayed in Bathsheba. Here we have this story uh, continue. And uh, in verse two, God puts a test to Abraham. And it's interesting how we read it in scripture. Take your son, your only son, the son whom you love. Take the fulfillment of the promise the person you love, and lay it down. Sacrifice it. Give it up. The problem we can face in our lives is that the very thing that we believe for, we contend for, we wait for, when we reach fulfillment of, it can quickly take the wrong place in our heart. You see, the thing that we, 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 we long to have sometimes can, can become our God, or can become our idol, or can become the thing that we're living for. I've experienced this in my life that things that I really work hard for suddenly become mine. I don't know if you've ever had that. There's a, there's a movie, uh, some of you may have watched called Lord of the Rings. How many have seen that movie? We have this character in the movie, this little creature called Gollum, I think. And, uh, he's all about the precious, my precious. Right? And it's this ring of power and, and once he's got this ring or it, it destroys his life. His whole pursuit is the ring. You know, sometimes in life, God, God has so much for us, but we take the things that He's promised to it and they become our very precious. Maybe it's family, maybe it's ministry, maybe it's things. We pray for that career, we pray for that, 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 that position, we, we prayed for things, we've contended for things, we've, we've asked God for things, or, and, and, or God has promised things, and we've waited for it, and we've wrestled with God for it, and suddenly it comes, and we start to live the dream, and it starts to become our everything. You see, as Christians, none of us in this room are immune to that. God wants us to live His plan, He wants us to live His promise, but sometimes things need to be laid down before Him. Abraham had the same risk of it happening to him, that instead of the focus being upon God, actually it was upon his child. Now Isaac was the fulfillment, not God. Isaac was the fulfillment. Now God says to Abraham, look, I, I, I want you to lay this down. I, I want you to give up Isaac. Can you do it? Can you lay it down? It's a big request. When God says, Tyler... I want you to lay this down. Because it goes to our core of what we love and value. 
This was his everything. This was Isaac was his everything. We face this when, when we're asked to do something, we say, I, I could never let it go. What about your promise? What about your plan? You know, sometimes even when God speaks these words of, I, I want you to lay this down, we could even back up in scripture why we think we shouldn't do that. I, I, I need to keep going. We need to keep going. But when we look at Abraham's responses, there's, there, there's a, a few lessons we can learn, I think, from Abraham in this. And the first one, Abraham was very quick to obey God's word. What we see is, what we just read is this early the next morning. We don't see an interaction with Sarah, do we? That would not have been a, a discussion that would have went down well. Honey, tomorrow I'm killing your son. <laughs> FYI, God told me. Oh no, he didn't. Yeah. We don't know. Maybe there was a discussion. I don't know. But we do know that it says early the next morning. Now, there's an important thing to, to note here. That he knew God had spoken to him. I'm not suggesting at all this morning that we just start sacrificing and laying things down. And when God hasn't said to do so, I'm not saying that at all. But when God says it, and God said, look, this is the time to let this lie. To let it die. To, to give it away. Whatever the situation is, just that you need to release. To be quick to obey those moments. God spoke it. He knew it. And so he was quick to obey. He didn't take time to deliberate. Because you know what? By not doing it and waiting is making a decision really to be disobedient in those moments. When God says now and you say, mm, I'll just, I'll pray about it. I want 500 confirmation prophecies over me to really do it. When we know in our heart, God has said it. I tell you what, when we were in Holland uh, years ago, we were living in Holland and, and we were living the dream God had provided for us. and We were there and we felt we were going to be in Holland forever. Uh, you know, in our early 20s, it was it was all that we believed God called us to, to, to be there. And then God spoke to us to, to go back to Canada to get some more training. I, I hadn't had any Bible college. I had nothing. I was there. We were ser there serving Jesus. And I thought, no. No, I'm not going to lay this down. This is mine. This is our ministry. We had a group of people we were leading and it was so precious. It was so wonderful. And I tell you what, we went from the supernatural provision of God just putting money in our bank account. We didn't know where it was coming from. Live in this space of the dream and suddenly it all changed and it was the, the life of hell for the next year. Because God says, lay it down. And I said, no, I'm going to hold on to it. You see, the very promises of God, when we start holding on to something, Ooh, it will burn us. Because we're resisting and it becomes our God. Can I encourage you when God says, lay it down, to lay it down. To just say, okay, God, I don't understand why it's going so well right now. This is so, so perfect, right? It's the fulfillment. What, this is what I love. I'm doing the very thing I love. Okay, but if you're saying it, I'm going to obey. I'm just going to obey. I'm going to trust you in this. I've seen ministries die because someone won't lay it down. And so it suffocates to death. I see children that are, are overly loved by their parents, if I can say that. To the point where they rebel because it's like you're, you are becoming too much of a parent to me. And you need to give me space. To keep holding on will hurt us in the long run. 
Abraham did something, uh, something else. Abraham exercised faith in the sacrifice. He exercised faith in the sacrifice. When, uh, when questioned by his son about where the lamb was, Abraham said, look, God himself will provide the lamb. And even before that moment, he said, he said to his servants, look, we're gonna, you, you say here, we're gonna go and we will come back. You see, we, we see even in Hebrews, when we just quickly turning to Hebrews, it, Hebrews 11 says, by faith Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had embraced the promise was about to sacrifice his one and only son. Even though God has said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead. And so in a matter of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from death. It requires faith to trust God when he says, put something to death or to lay something down that you have been believing for. You see, testing of our faith is not only waiting for the fulfillment, but it's also the releasing of what we've already received. You see, sometimes we are only contending for the miracle of healing, and we're only contending for the miracle of, of this fulfillment of a, of a promise, but the, 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 that's only one part of the testing of our faith. The testing of our faith also comes when God says, okay, now it's time to let go. It's not yours. It's my fulfillment. It's my promise. It's, it's, it's mine. God must always take first place in our hearts and He continues to lead us in this direction where nothing else must take precedence in that space in our hearts. And, and I think all of us will come upon journeys or will come upon points in our journey of walking with God where God will call us at some point to lay something down. Sacrifice something. And those are very difficult moments. It's one thing to contend with for what you do not have, but once you have it, it's very hard to let it go. And yet that's part of the journey, isn't it? Abraham faced it right in these early days of Isaac, his one and only son whom he loved. I mean, it's important that we understand it. He loved his son, but he loved and feared God more. And there was a place, and until that was asked of his life, it, it could be in question. Can you lay it down? You think of all the things in your life that you value most. Can you hold with open hands before God? You see, if we start to see white knuckles around certain aspects of our life because we will not let those things go, I tell you what, they will hurt your life in the long run. God wants us to hold our entire lives before Him. Because you know what? Nothing is ours in the long run. Our relationships, our money, our, our careers, our ministries, all those things, none of those things are ours. We've come into this world as a single, a singular person. Actually, even in heaven, we are us with the Lord. All these things around us are not ours. And we need to keep them always in that right perspective and, and willing to say, okay, God, I give them over to you. Now, because Abraham continued to walk in this space of faith, he walked in the fulfillment. You see, we see in, in verses 15 to 18, the angel of the Lord said, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because, I want you to say this, because, 
I want you to say it one more time. Because, because you have done this and have not withheld your son, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars of the sky and as the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies and through your offspring, all nations on the earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. Do you know what? We can be so focused on holding on to the one that we missed the abundance or we missed the increase. We can be so focused on the little that we miss what God really wants to do through our lives. You see, often what we have at this moment is only the start of what something greater He wants to take us into. But if we can't let go of what we do have, then God can never take us to the next, to the next space, to the next level of what God wants to do in our lives. We, we, we think this is so precious. How could, how could I ever let it go? When God said, look, if you can let it go, if you can trust me with this, I will do so much more through your life. But right now is the time to let it go. I want to bring increase, but I can't bring increase if you're holding on to what you've got. Correct? We see this in Scripture. Because you have not withheld our willingness to hold on to our lives with open hands before God enables Him to do the immeasurably more through our lives. And so again, when we can say, God, look, here's our life. I, I, I give it to you. And, and, and the things that I think are really important to me and maybe the ministry I'm doing or maybe the, 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 the job I have or whatever it is, God, if you're asking me to lay it down, I will lay it down. Because I know you've got something greater in store. I wonder how the story would have played out if, if Abraham said, oh, no, 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 this is mine. This is my one and only son. I am not obeying you on this one. Get thee behind me. I wonder how the story would start to change if suddenly there was a restriction of the obedience and suddenly become something else becomes really, really important. You see, I, I believe God continued to bring the increase through the family because the family continued to say yes and obey Him. God has a plan for each one of our lives and, and he, he, he knows our future. He knows what's around the corner. Uh, we don't. But it's important that we continue to always stay in step with Him, continue to walk with Him. And I'm aware for some of you this morning, you think this, this message just isn't for me right now. That's okay. It wasn't always relevant for Abraham either. But there are moments that we must be obedient to God. There are moments when God says, now's the time to lay this down. Now's the time to surrender it. Now's the time to hand it over to someone else. I mean, now's the time, whatever the context, to let go. Those moments are very important in our lives that we're obedient. Because it will release us, it will release the others for God to do whatever He wants to do. Very difficult moments in life, in ministry. I found it challenging in my own life. However, God has something greater He's got something greater when we trust Him. We should never be holding on to things in our life and not willing to let go of when God is asking for that to happen. Can I just... We, we started this morning in our time and saying, okay, God, here, speak to us. I, I want us just to think of our lives. What is in our hands? 
If, if I was going to ask you that question, what, what is it that you love of your life? What is it you love? Maybe it's your one and only love. What are the things that you love? Are, are we able to trust God with those things that we love? Where, where does God fit in that picture? Is it God first and then those things, or is it really those things and then God somewhere further down? It's a challenging question. When God says, look, I want you to trust me. I mean, again, can I just say, I, I certainly am not saying to lay down our marriages, but I'm saying our, even our spouses must take second place to our relationship with God. It's not my wife. It's not my possession. God has entrusted this woman to my life. But this marriage is belonging to God. I don't hold on to it. Don't hold on to her in that way. I, I, I lay my life, lay my family, the ministry for me at the church, business, all those different things that would be in my life. Hey God, it's before you. I remember when before we moved to uh, England here, and we we were challenged by the call and there was some promised finances and, and those finances, it quickly got with, withdrawn after I had resigned from the church in Canada and we were kind of really out there. And uh, I remember God challenging me because I had money in the bank account. I had, I had resources. And, and I remember God challenging me, am I willing to lay down what I've got? It's one thing asking other people to give, but are, am I willing to give what I've got? And I've been someone who loves to save money and loves to work with money. I think I'd be great in the banking world. God hadn't called me to ministry, but anyways. <laughs> and, but when God says, look, I want, you to, I want you to lay your money on the table. I remember wrestling with God on that one. But it, this, is, this is a lot of money. At least to me, it was, it was a lot of money. You'll watch in this video this coming week, and I certainly don't want to be a spoiler alert, um, in, with, in our life groups, this story that also Francis Chan talks about. And, and life, that the cost to follow God becomes greater the more we've got. When God said, look, I want you to lay that on the line. I want you to sacrifice. I want you to put it all on the table. It becomes harder and harder the more we accumulate. But can we do it this morning? You see, I, I do believe for each one of us, there is the same promise that comes to our lives because we did not hold on to our life, but because we lost our life for His sake and the sake of the gospel, because we lost it, we gained life. Do we not see that promise that Jesus makes? Not just to a couple of people, but to all who would follow Him. Because we laid it down, because we became that living sacrifice, because we were willing to sacrifice the one and onlys of our life. Because of that, I gave you life. I will give you life. I will bring the abundance. I will do the immeasurably more. But you need to be willing to be open-handed. It's a challenging word, isn't it? Even as I was preparing it, I was thinking all of my life, Right now, what can I let go of? 
What can I let go of? Can I let go of all of this? Can I walk away if God should lay it down? Challenging. But it always needs to be in that place in our hearts where we're saying, yeah. Yeah. If God said it, I, I, I hope I would be willing. I find it amazing when we look at Old Testament stories and we look at New Testament teaching, how they work together. And Jesus said, look, if you want to be my disciple, you must pick up your cross. What was he saying, picking up your cross? It means that there's things that need to be sacrificed in your life. And come follow me. Pick up your cross, follow me. This morning it's all about following God on this journey. And if we can trust Him and obey, it opens up the floodgates of heaven to what God is able to do in our lives. And at the end of the day, that's, that's the message. It, Abraham, God's intention wasn't that Abraham would kill Isaac. I think we need to be understanding of this. Isaac was to live on. Can I tell you what? The, the, the ministry or the dream is to live on but is that it doesn't live on in a wrong place in our heart. That's the point of this whole story, was that it had the right place in Abraham's heart. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast at Centre Church. One church passionately loving God and people in Burgess Hill and Brighton. To get the latest news or for any other information, check out our website at www.centrechurch.uk.